0: Well, um, I'm here to report from the front lines of America's uh, ongoing crisis. And I have to say that I think I'm probably one of very few Americans who watched all 37 minutes of the Trump-Axios Interview. You watched the whole thing, not
1: just the hen pecked gotcha moments?
0: Dude, I watched the whole thing, and the whole thing needs to be watched for you to fully appreciate the um, just the insanity of it. Just the uh, erratic, sort of frenetic insanity of the whole thing. Because, like, Trump is like a guy. I mean, you forget this because, you know, he gets lost in the press briefings and everything, but he's like a guy at a party that you just really are trying to lose the whole time or at <laughs> work, you know what I mean? Like a a guy who just won't shut the fuck up, and um, but in his mind thinks that he is profound. Uh, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, it, it's the thing Because like Everybody's talking About this interview Like oh we finally Got him We finally Displayed all of his Lies manipulations How and many times have that? <laughs> Exactly Just clamoring But if you watch it If you watch it You will see A human that By his own Metrics And standards Is succeeding Like he's very Proud of himself Obviously Like you know You'd have to be But like I feel like sort of compared to other presidents, like George Bush, for example, George Bush knew the whole thing was a farce, yeah. and that Dick Cheney was actually at the helm, and that, like, he was just kind of like the stooge, and he would go out there and sell it to the public. But, but Trump fully believes that he is doing a great yeah. job, that, like, he is just fucking knocking it out of the park. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell that he, uh, he is undaunted by any sort of criticisms or anything else.
2: Yeah. Well, the well, fact that he even did the interview, like, how many interviews like that does he do? Not many.
0: Not
1: many. I wonder why no. he took this one. It seems uh, like a weird outlet for him to take to do like a <gasps> one-on-one sit-down.
0: Yeah, wasn't it? I the thought Axios has always been, Clinton hmm? Network. I think X. Ax- no, Axios has always been pretty cozy with the Trump administration. Mm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't surprising that they that he took it with this outlet it was surprising that they were so adversarial to him i feel like they kind of did a hill turn they feel i feel like they've been kind of friendly with him in the past yeah i didn't i didn't know for Um, some reason i thought
1: well isn't axios the one that puts on like that conference that like there was that one maverick journalist that went up there and ruffled everybody's feathers they put I on I, maybe I maybe I dreamed this up, but I, for some reason I feel like they put on like some sort of like Bilderberg esque conference where the world's power brokers and media personalities show up and discuss ideas uh, and so forth.
0: I think you might be thinking of like the Aspen Ideas Festival. Ideals no,
1: that's Festival one thing too. But <laughs> I think this is a different thing. Maybe I'm wrong though. I can see that up front.
0: Well, regardless. You have to watch the whole thing because you, like I said, you get a glimpse into the way that he thinks, um, and it and it will start to drive you crazy because like everybody's saying, like oh, this guy, Jonathan Swan is the guy who interviewed him. They're like he finally demonstrated the way that you expose Trump's lies. You give him basic follow up questions.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like man, that, was, like, that gets his weakness.
0: If you watch it, Trump literally, his method is very fascinating, because he knows when he's caught in a lie, and when he can't really, like, get out of it, and so what he does is he just barrels through the follow-up questions. He'll just ramble through them and dissemble, like, like a motherfucker. Like, he'll just throw so many things at you at one time that you can't latch on to anything.
1: Yeah. In my mind, Trump had the the interviewer rattled, but I, again, I just saw the
0: a little bit of the clip yeah um well i can hear myself in one of you can you turn your headphones down possibly to uh prevent my having to spend three hours editing later (laughs) um there's some gems in here though uh, I so just let me go down the list. that he
2: had printed papers Oops. with graphs on them. It was like handing the man oh, papers. Yeah. His prompts were timeless. Oh,
0: they were! It was fucking incredible. <laughs> <I> was ready. <laughs> I mean, like, look at
2: this. Look at this.
1: Right <laughs> here, he said. Right here, we're number one.
2: <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're number one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right here, we're oh, last, yeah. meaning first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, on 150,000 dead, he said, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> Truly amazing stuff. I mean, stuff. it's so
0: macabre. I mean, the only reason I'm laughing is because of how macabre it is. And, again, if you were a person that was already sympathetic to Trump, if you watch this interview, you'd be like, the man's trying his hardest, okay? He's doing his best. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. It didn't strike me as particularly, um, like what liberals think is like, oh, they we finally got him. It's just because they found a reporter that will be like sort of confrontational with him. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that he like yeah got him routed or anything. But also the thing is too is nobody wants to address that oft mentioned epistemological crisis. None of this matters. You could have Jesse the Body Ventura call him a broke dick motherfucker and and it wouldn't matter. He still got his hordes of fans and everything. Uh
0: 50 years ago, I mean, like 50 years ago, an ep- an interview like this would have been damning. You know what I mean? It would have been catastrophic for a public official. Like they would have had to you know, it would be they would have had to make some sort of mea culpa or even resign or something or you would have even rioting or something you know what i mean like this is the example of nero fiddling while rome burns like the quintessential for sure demonstration of it but now it just doesn't even matter goes into the ether a lot of americans probably won't even see it don't even know that it even happened give me the (laughs) juicier
1: bits from the from the longer interview that we didn't say
0: well, I think the best part, the absolute funniest part, in my opinion, the part that got me absolutely rolling, was the interviewer asks him about Ghisl- Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell, and he's like, the interviewer is like, "You wished her w- well like she's accused of child sex trafficking. Why would you wish a person like that well?" And he's like, he's like, "I don't know, her boyfriend just died. I would wish anybody well oh whose boyfriend God. just died." <laughs> Oh my
1: god! <laughs> That's truly Her the best. My
2: boyfriend just died.
0: Her
1: boyfriend just died. I'd wish anybody well. His boyfriend just died.
0: It's like what? It has a certain bit of logic to yeah. it. <laughs> She's grieving. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, is he
1: talking about Jeffrey Epstein's the boyfriend?
0: Yes, he's talking about Epstein. <laughs> 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 All right, Epstein just died actually what he said was he was either killed or committed suicide what? Is what he no said. he said that? yeah he did He's and, and then he said I hope nothing like that happens to her
2: <gasps> oh <laughs> which my. means
0: it's like it's, he, he absolutely has
1: knowledge that it's going to happen to her
2: oh my <laughs>
1: god <laughs> this is like Kevin Spacey putting the bell jar thing out.
0: Oh my god, oh dude. Oh god, that's amazing. It was pretty fucking funny. Another really funny part was like the interviewer was asking him about like Antifa and all of the the federal troops in like Portland. And um and he was like, Yeah, you know, I mean like the the, the the reporter kept pressing him on the sort of like legality of this and like you know people being kidnapped and disappeared in vans and and um and and if anybody was investigating all this and 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 they kept pressing him on this and Trump at one point just like he he was incredulous he looked at the reporter I wish somebody would take this clip out and isolate it cuz he looked at the reporter 100% genuinely looked at him and goes, have you been watching television? (laughs) And the reason it was so funny is because what he was saying was like, yeah, of course we've got federal troops there. Have you not been watching television? Like, there's violence. And it just shows you that, like, that's all he does is watch television. that's the gold
1: standard for how you're supposed to consume everything. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, like, he didn't even do it as, like, subterfuge or or you know disingenuous whatever he, is he was honest. genuinely like <laughs> yeah have you not been watching television have you not been seeing this we're horrified <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's another funny part i should have put the gizlene maxwell as the money shot because that's definitely the funniest part but like there was another funny part where he was talking about afghanistan and the reporter was asking him about like when you came in office, you said there'd be less troops in Afghanistan at the end of your term than, than going in. And he was like, there is, there's going to be. And he was like, well, no, there's still 8,000 troops in Afghanistan. There were 8,000 troops when you came in. And he was like, no, th- there's going to be 4,000 troops. And the reporter was like, wait, are you serious? Like, this is huge news. If you're If you're serious, this is... Huge news that you're cutting in half the number of troops in Afghanistan. And this, did somebody? And did somebody,
1: did, did one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff come whisper in his ear after he said that? And then he was like, well, we're going to try to anyway.
0: <laughs> no, literally. He looked at the camera and you could tell he fucked up. He was like, oh, I mean, like, he's like, no, I mean, like, there there will be less <laughs> soon. Like, we're looking
1: yeah. into it. We're that's we're what, looking I, into I love it. that's one of his go-to evading lines is we're looking at this and we're
2: doing, yeah. We're looking at all the facts, oh folks. God. That's all we can do. Yeah. It's crazy that he he's, he's just like literally tossing out nonsense about people's lives like 4,000 people stationed <laughs> in Afghanistan, impacting who knows how many people's lives negatively in Afghanistan. And we're looking into it.
0: No, uh, it was um There's so many good parts though, but you have to watch the whole like I said you have to watch the whole thing because you need the sort of You need the holistic Experience of like entering this guy's brain. I mean literally It was like Because this is the funny thing and this is the reason why interviewing him like this doesn't matter Because you could have the most hard-hitting journalist pressing him on everything which is what this journalist did And it still wouldn't change the fact that at the end of the day, Trump does not have dialogues. He only has monologues. He only speaks with himself outward. Like, there's no... He doesn't have a conversation with anybody. He just, like, dictates (laughs) and speaks out loud. And then you're supposed to react to it. Because you could make it like a... When I was watching it, I was like, this kind of feels like one of those late night... You know how, like, on late night shows... You know, I feel like on John. John Stewart used to do this or maybe someone else like they would have somebody speaking and then they would have like an interlocutor like responding on screen, but not in the room with that yeah. person. Does that make sense? Like so like a, so like every dumb thing the person says, the person commenting on it tries to like put in a, a rebuttal like, oh, but you said this, this and this. That's what watching this felt like. But the person was physically in the room with trump and it did not matter trump just barreled through him right. regardless right. so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like i mean and fundamentally this is why i think this is why liberals really want it to matter because yeah like 50 years ago when quote-unquote public opinion was something that mattered <laughs> and when public <laughs> officials had to respond to that interviews like this would would actually have uh impact they would ripple out into broader uh discourse and um you know polit- political economy but now it's just it's just dropping a fucking my son never give a fuck about this
2: has he tweeted about it
0: i haven't seen him no i haven't seen him talk about it yet i bet he was I'm proud of
2: himself like, yeah.
0: I find him fascinating in the same way that Tom finds Biden fascinating. I find Trump fascinating. Like, I mean, he has a brain like no one else. He, the, no one has brain. a brain quite like Trump's. And what's so funny about the Biden thing is, like, I was laughing about this. People who think that it's going to get better if Biden gets elected, that same kind of interview will play out with Biden, but in a in an even more farcical way. Because with Biden. He would just be forgetting all the things you just asked him or being like, ah, oh, geez, man. You know what I mean? Like deflecting with what that. What is it like-
1: called? And maybe somebody <laughs> out there that listens to us can answer. What is it? What? There's like a uh, something you call like a go-to refrain from somebody that has like cognitive decline. Like, you know, like something that like they know it's kind of like their resetter or like the kind of what like buys them some
0: time oh, to like get their thoughts or whatever. Sort of like an anchor... Um, sort of like an anchor phrase or i do this as a starter. yeah i mean no, i do
1: this as just a man's drinking <laughs> well, so stupid in his 30s
2: yeah i was about to say what do y'all think is trump's like i mean i feel like most people if they acted this way would be like oh they're a burnout they're just like totally <laughs> they have a totally fried brain do you think he's burnout do you think i just he's think it's senility
1: like- what i think it's Senilla. Well, the same as biden i mean i think i don't think I'm, trump's like sundowning quite like biden is like biden has like two go-to phrases he has come on man and then he <laughs> does the thing he also does the thing where he says well i shouldn't say that because i like like the interview that everybody's sharing around twitter right now with the guy is you know what i'm talking about biden? yeah and he's like man what if yes. i what if
0: what if i said test you for cocaine before <laughs> you came out here <laughs> Is that the one where he says that, like, um, "Unlike African Americans, the Latino population is very diverse." Is that the <laughs> one where he says
1: that? I don't know. You have watched what? you watched the extended versions. I've just watched the clips floating around. Um, the thing he says, I think well, is, is he fun- says a couple things funny. He says, uh, "I'm forward looking to uh, standing on that stage or sitting on that stage or whatever with President Trump." like he like he has like little just things you know like little subtle things you could pick up on that like show that he is you know kind of sliding
0: a little bit well the funny thing about this is that if this if you believe in the proposition that this is a race between um who is less senile who is uh, more mentally there unbelievably enough trump is actually more there mentally Than yeah. Biden Because I can't imagine Biden being able to sit there 37 minutes of an interview no, like this no way. And no being way. able to sort of like do his thing You know what I mean Like Biden Where Trump Where Trump is caught in a lie Or when he's um, caught uh, Faced with facts Of his own malfeasance and everything What he does Is what he's done With his own uh, sort of financial empire he just papers over everything with debt and he does the same thing rhetorically he just will he'll just like i said just barrel through something with no regards for how it winds up looking in the end because he smartly understands that optics no longer right. matter biden what biden does is biden turns on the charm he turns on the old man charm i mean anybody who's had a, a sundowning grandpa has seen this like they understand that they're the sort of objects of laughter in the room and that they're kind of like losing it and so they're they make a joke they're kind of self-deprecating and they kind of make a joke out of it and be like ah oh, geez you know At my age you don't like- buy ripe bananas <laughs> 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 exactly exactly and so um so Trump is more put together in that way, but that does go to show you, and I'm not. I'm just saying this as an observation, um, it's whatever. It just goes to show you, though, that Biden is the restoration. He's the restoration of Obama. I mean, it's just, it is. Obama can't run for president again legally, so they have to have an empty placeholder to put that back in.
2: It is kind of wild that uh, Trump would never admit he's an old man. He would never make an old man joke about himself. Like never. They're so different. I I hadn't really thought about. You're right. How it's like, Trump is pretending like he's in his twenties. That's so true. Like he (laughs) he has no self awareness. He's eating filet of fish every day.
0: (laughs) That that is true. Well, he has no. He has no. He is the kind of like two sides of American humor because he has no self-deprecation. Bar- Biden is all self-deprecation.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Trump. Uh, yeah. Trump genuinely thinks that his peers are like whoever like the new matinee idols are in Hollywood or whatever. Like they're all they're all chasing <laughs> the same women. <laughs> Like he really does. He really does. I mean what else, what else can you explain to a man's got a coronary calcium score out the ass that continues to eat two big Macs and two fillet of fish every day for dinner. And like he thinks he's he thinks he's 35.
0: Oh fuck. Well, I just thought that y'all should experience that I uh y- Watching it is fascinating because your blood pressure will quite literally go up every time he starts speaking. Just because
2: I feel like this—it's Patreon content. You should—you should be videoing yourself reacting in live time to these things. (laughs) Like you should (laughs) have set up your cam—a camera. Set up your. Did you watch this on your computer or on your phone?
0: On my phone. Okay, then you could set up your laptop.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I no. I don't think he would I have to exaggerate was, them. I don't think it would have to be exaggerated. No, really,
0: because he, he was like at one point he's like, Russia Russia's not gonna mess with Afghanistan. They went into Afghanistan in the eighties. Afghanistan, they kicked them out. They're not gonna be going back there anytime soon. I was like, ah! <laughs> like nothing's
1: ever changed. <laughs> oh my god,
2: Trump is Trump is out. stuck in nineteen
1: eighty one. Or like, you know, like late 80s, like 88,
0: 89. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It like, feels
2: like he like never came back from a trip or something.
0: Well, that is a really hilarious analysis he, because what he was saying was just like Soviet Union. You know why the Soviet Union doesn't exist? Soviet Union is Russia now because of Afghanistan. They're not going to go anywhere near Afghanistan.
1: <laughs> like, they beat, like they beat their ass on the playground one time and then that's... They
0: learned their lesson. <laughs> I mean, like, try to get an answer that lucid out of Joe Biden. I mean, it's not going it's, to it's happen. Gun to my head, if you were like, you have to fucking vote or we're going to blow your brains out. Actually, I would probably just let you blow my brains out. But if I was having a good day, I would tell you to vote for Biden, obviously. But that's only because you're not actually getting Biden. You're just getting the restoration package. <laughs> you're just getting... An empty placeholder to keep things relatively right. stable. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, let me ask you this: Do you think there's a better ticket out there than that first Biden-Trump debate in terms of just sh- sheer entertainment value? <laughs> like this is going to Wait, be, I feel like or at least has it? the potential to be like the defining piece of art of our time.
0: It's not scheduled because we've been in fucking July for like six years. <laughs> we can't fucking move forward.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, one thing we didn't cover, um, which we should have, but one thing we didn't cover is like the, or maybe we did. I don't even remember now. But like the DNC platform had oh like, yeah, Medicare for all was we just sound. Just, <laughs> just all not even it was just a joke. Medical
2: marijuana? Yeah. It's Because I mean, we talked about how Republicans are likely to give us uh, weed before Democrats at this point. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Which we we predicted, we said, I mean, I think it was maybe you, Terrence, a year ago that, that that could be how Trump gets elected. All he has to do is legalize weed. It's like enough of an issue that it wouldn't alienate his base. <laughs> Yeah, but it would bring on enough yeah. enough potheads to be like, hell yeah." Mhm. The bar is oh, really fuck. so low. The bar is so low for Trump to win. There's just like so there's just like a handful of things easily he could do to win. Well,
1: the thing is 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 I don't even know if he needs to do it now like i think that they were just like with the whole idea that like the right was becoming the left or moving to the left of the democratic party on a couple of those issues it's like like they don't really need that now because like we got half a million like you know half the damn population out of work and like the line's moving up stocks are doing great everybody that's uh you know got access to that's
2: doing fine which you all have still yet to explain to me. Well, I think that it's a, it's pretty simple if you
0: look at the fact that not only are stocks going up, but rents are also going up, <laughs> and uh, property values are also going up. <clears throat> and so I think that what what it just sort of explains, and this is why I fully support putting children back to the factories and fields, <laughs> Idle hands because it the will remove workshop. at least
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it will remove at least one more contradiction because we really do just need to get back to some sort of hybrid capitalism feudalism thing where it's just like give six-year-old farm implements and be like all right well you can't go back to school we've got widening inequality like all of these as you said the numbers that are just going up just show you that inequality is just getting more exacerbated and exaggerated in the this and moment. Masturbated. <laughs> so, and the masturbated.
1: All <laughs> Oh my! No, it really man. is. It's uh, it's insane to see. And also, it's. I mean, I hate to just belabor the Adam Curtis thing, but like, it's really just sort of the culmination of like this idea that Trump wanted to make new york a city for the rich by the rich and now by extension a country for the rich by the rich and it's really more than anything i think a testament to that it's like yeah they might have to deal with this blighted landscape of all these diseased reprobates that are fucking you know dying by scores a day but like in the end like they've got more or less what they set out to that day in new york city in 1972
0: right right Oh, you're right. Uh, well, well. anyways, that's, uh, that's the news from our current politics. Uh, um, should we pivot to the next thing we want to talk about? I have a list of things, and I left it in the kitchen, and I don't want to get up and grab it. But if I remember correctly, I believe the next item on our list of things to talk about It comes by way of the Washington Post (laughs) Um, Unless y'all don't want to talk about this Do you not want to talk about this? I mean I feel that's all
2: I've talked about For the past week This week has felt like a fucking year Because of Queer Appalachia I'm in so many DMs Um, about this nonsense (laughs) (laughs) So many group chats Just like trying to decipher one yeah. all of the people who have been warned about Mamone for years that we've been warning people about now having to come out and make statements. We've been tracking that.
1: <laughs> I knew all y'all met on Sundays. You've been telling me you didn't for years.
2: And
1: <laughs> y'all just meet up on Sundays and start scissoring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Scissor Sundays.
0: Scissor Sundays. Wait, before you go any further, let's set this up because um, there's a lot of people who listen to this show who have no idea what yeah, this is. I'm not ahead of it. And we have to make it relevant to the normal normie listener who, thankfully, and I'm enviable Envious of them, who has no idea what this even is. Thank
2: God, yeah, very. If and you, so, first um, off,
1: first off, let me just say this, and if you would like to keep it that way, and we strongly caution that you consider it, <laughs> you might want to just log
2: off right now.
1: Pause and <laughs> go ahead and cut the scoop Forward about ten to fifteen minutes.
2: I honestly am you know, hesitant. Fast about 10, I honestly am hesitant to get into it because we're just making these this dumb cunt more famous, like giving them more fucking fuel. When I mean, they need to be, it doesn't matter at this point. off a bridge.
0: Um, I wouldn't go so f- that far, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> into shallow water.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> I would not go that far. Um, but I do find I did, the reason I don't want to spend more than ten or fifteen minutes on it. It's not that. It's not as important as, for example, sending kids back to school in a pandemic but But it is emblematic but we do have to talk about it because I think it's emblematic of the the times we live in right um and so uh so what it is is it's a story in the Washington Post it's called The Tale of Queer Appalachia a popular Instagram account raises funds for LGBTQ people in Appalachia but where but does the money really go where it's supposed to and so the story and correct me if I'm wrong um I think Tom has done a little more digging into the bare bones of this than I have. But the story is essentially about how the the person that runs this account has taken a lot of money from people without any sort of transparency of where it goes. Um, and that includes not just money from merchandise sales and donations, but uh, but from grants for things like harm reduction, needle exchanges, and stuff like that. And it, is, and it appears as if the money were going basically to enrich this one person who presents themselves as being a collective, who presents the whole project called Queer Appalachia as being a collective of people when in reality it's one person and maybe another person, but definitely no more than two people. And so I personally... I. I I don't know if you want to hear my thoughts on this, because they're probably ignorant and will be offensive to all that are sure to listen to this. Um, But my thoughts on this is that Mamone, the person that runs this, they, like Donald Trump, have an exquisite brain that I think needs to be preserved at all costs. Because anybody who can come up with the term metronormative is thinking on a higher level than the rest of us, <laughs>
1: man. That is, that is something. I'll tell you that. I, 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 you know, this this genre of sort of activism is good to, like, you know, for an ever expanding lexicon of, you know, of sort of woke alphabet soup or whatever. But like that is just
2: shifts. <laughs> kiss. You know, what's wild is I've had them blocked for years because I've had to deal with them for... Li- I've literally been dealing with my mom since before Queer Appalachia. That's how deep this wound is. And I've had their fucking Instagram blocked for years. And I didn't realize that they've been using until this fucking... Until Emma's story finally dropped, years in the making, that they've been using the term metronormative for a long time. <laughs> Someone sent me... Apparently they had a huge telethon that raised hundreds of thousands of dollars with all these celebrities, these like queer celebrities and literally called it like the metro normative some some telethon. No. That's so I'll fucking bad. I'll find the screenshot and send it to you. It's just it's I just don't even know what to say anymore about queer I feel like I've been ha- I've been having to drag this motherfucker for so long that it is just like punishment. Every time I have to talk about them, I feel like I'm being punished. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, but why? Why? Why is that? I, I mean, ostensibly, it's because you are not only queer, but are probably more embedded in queer communities than Tom and I are. Correct?
2: Yeah. I was about to say, when you said Tom's dug into this more than I have, I was like, this must be how they feel when I speak confidently about things I know nothing about.
0: <laughs> I think you just <laughs> meant No, what I meant was, what I meant was Tom, like, dug into the financial uh, stuff. Like, was it like, I, I was doing the, the whole, where's the money going? Yeah, I'm a, gotcha.
1: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a i'm a watchdog
0: mm-hmm. yeah um well i i don't know so like what what do you do you not want to talk about it then i mean because we don't have
2: to i No, i, I don't just don't know what else there's to say just like mom's a fucking maniac who's manipulative just like a compulsive liar just and a grifter just like kingpin grifter i don't know what else to say well, i'll and say this
1: listen i love a good grift i don't i am not mad at the game at all <laughs> where i draw the line is that like you know if you're going to like raise money to give people access to like prep or shit like that like oh, god you know it probably money probably needs to go to that <laughs> Yeah. Well, sell. Yeah. I hawk hawk gonna... all the chotchkeys and fucking dumbass like you know, uh, fucking uh, possum with angel wings, fucking butt fucking a waffle house with Dolly Parton on its back, fucking onesies you want to. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, just like there's a certain there's a line there. You know, there's a it's there's still even... there's still honor amongst thieves. You know.
2: Well, the money is the is like. All, they are making this all about money and transparency because that's what they can weasel out of. It's like a, yeah they got rich uh-huh. on a, people's donations and they just fucked over a bunch of people okay well every non-profit we know about is probably doing that. It's like a large scale grift of money and you and it's very hard to see the trickle down of programming. Correct. That's an old that's an old song.
1: Correct. That is, and-
2: that is bad enough in itself of course we, we talk about that grift on this podcast often. However, what makes this different is they were, they successfully created a monolithic brand out of nothing by like buying followers and manipulating the internet in ways I don't even understand um, in order to block out lots of other actual queer organizing, block them from money, block them from recognition, literally just out here taking, just stealing from people left and right.
0: Well, would you say, though, however, would you say, though, I mean, this might be a leading question, but...
2: You ask a leading question?
0: (laughs) People bought into it, and I understand why, because it, it created a sort of simulacrum of community. It gave people, I mean, in the Washington Post article itself, and maybe you disagree, I don't know, but the article quoted people who were like, I, as a queer... Appalachian southerner or whatever looked at this and said oh this is these are my people this is community I mean and so yeah would you say that like it wasn't just pure I mean you could say that that's manipulation of course but it wasn't just pure like gaming the numbers um through buying followers or whatever it it was something that resonated with i mean i think it's
2: a little bit like the mcgrath campaign if you want to be honest like a lot most of the money and numbers came from somewhere else the dark corners of the fucking white queer cosmos i don't even fucking know but most of the people who've been like um caping for qa the over the past Several years are not from here, but of course, people love a fucking meme page. My God, they just like they just like created a meme page at the heat of at the height of the meme page, <laughs> and it took that's a, and it took off. And they literally talked and crowed about work that other people were doing and claimed it as their own. Again, uh-huh. I guess that uh-huh. is a common grift.
1: I just said, I have, I mean, I have zero problems with the, like, start the mean page, buy the followers, sell the tchotchkes. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I don't care if you're saying the dumbest shit ever was that you've ever seen. I don't care about any of that. But I think, honestly, it's not fair to criticize Mamone and not take to task anybody with 501c3 status that takes, like, buku money for doing ill-defined Shit, like harm reduction.
0: You know what I mean?
2: Well, this is the thing that,
0: or Tony, we're you gonna say something.
2: No, I mean, I, I've said the same so thing. It's like there's it. there's all these like cis men running these fucking grift meals too that will never see, uh, uh never meet their fucking maker they'll never be brought to task over this shit but as queer people like we hold ourselves to different fucking yeah me and tom for example we hold ourselves to a different fucking standard (laughs) and we are not gonna fucking idly sit by this bullshit i mean it's just fucking it's just kind of hard to process that um things that i have known and friends have like we've all been trying to like tell people and have been telling people for years it's all just been seen as rumors we've literally been told well that's probably just your experience la 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 la." over and over and over again it's now finally it's just like a lot to process that this is like finally only real in reality because it was published in a paper when it's been lots of people's realities for so long and like even the QA stuff, put the QA stuff on the shelf because, like I said, I've been dealing with this maniac since before QA. What did y'all think about the Riot Girl stuff? I'm sure this was the first you've heard of that.
1: What was the Riot Girl stuff?
2: I know that my in mom's the article?
1: Got, she's like started Riot Girl Records, right? Or Riot Girl Inc.
2: It's a lot. Li- that, that's nothing. Yeah. that is not a thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a big front for them to just like lie constantly. They've literally convinced people that they were producing the Indigo Girls and all these other bands, and they never Oh, did and the Indigo Girls have
1: never heard of Mamone. Never. I wonder, I, was, I started, like, because here's the thing, is you can't really shit a shitter, okay? Because I know the hallmark of bullshit. And when I start seeing, like, everybody from Howard Zinn to uh, Jam Master Jay quoted as saying Mamone is... Uh, the Nelson Mandela of the queer community.
2: <laughs> Who said that? Who said that?
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just... That, there's just that, here's, my, here's the thing with Mamone. Mamone used seven words when four words will do. It's a classic blunder. Complete overplay. And <laughs> Like, frankly, if you think Howard Zinn was singing the praises of Mamone, I got a fucking bridge to sell you.
0: <laughs> well, I think the... The reason I found this fascinating, there's several reasons. The first is that in the article, they differentiate themselves from a nonprofit. Over the over the course of their grift, they've differentiated themselves from a nonprofit, which that was their first error. Look, the, come, you come to the Trillbillies to learn several things. You learn how to be a dumbass. You learn how to be a liar. You learn how to be a grifter. Uh, and I'll tell you how to be a grifter. You... You don't want to go out there and just take people's money unaccounted for. Get a 501c3. Do your taxes. Count all the money coming in. That's the way to do it. And Mamone got rec- got sloppy is really That's what 100% it is. True. Because they were buying new, uh, new cars. Look, I know all kinds of executive directors and nonprofits around here who aren't buying new cars. They're buying used cars. <laughs> it's like Ro- Robert De Niro in Goodfellas. Don't go out and buy the mink coat. You yeah, know?
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't. That's how you end up the back of a fucking uh,
0: garbage That's truck. Exactly. So there's one, there's one, um, there's one blunder, um, and then another blunder <clears throat> is that a, a hallmark of a grift, a, a hallmark of any grift, and this is this is pertinent to us. It's pertinent to anybody. The hallmark of any grift is if someone is constantly fundraising. And not only that, not only constantly fundraising, and this is from my experience growing up in church and from, you know, being aware of televangelists and everything else. Not only constantly fundraising, but fundraising under the pretense of, if you don't give money now, something really bad will happen. (laughs) When I was in church, it was... When I was in church, it was... Uh, the devil's gonna Hell. get you. Uh, Christ is coming back, well, so the, we need to The televangelist to make... Oral
1: Roberts famously said that God was going to kill him if he didn't raise four million dollars from his listeners. <laughs> that's like that's like the exactly. high water mark of that grift.
0: Uh, but in Coretta case, it was always like film black activists who were like at risk of dying. It was BIPOC or whatever. It's like. Always people were going to be slaughtered if you didn't give them fucking money right then. So that was another hallmark of the grift. And I think that another reason why I find this fascinating, the final reason, is because it is such, is because they they build themselves as mutual aid. And in this moment, where there's no centralized universal healthcare system, there's no institutions that are looking out for us, and in fact, they're all rotting. From the inside. Rapidly. <laughs> it's the wild west Yeah, from the they? inside. Yeah. It it allows itself, and Mimone is only one of a constellation of grifters. I, remember the safety pin box? Yeah. Remember that shit right after the twenty two thousand sixteen yeah. election? It's just exactly shit like that. Yeah. When you have... A, a situation where um, that is political uh, when you have a sort of institution or group of people that's political and your acceptance into that world is contingent upon your ability to say specific words or or um, predicated
1: to, on buying something
0: to participate predicated on buying something and knowing the jargon of things S- for example words like metronormative I mean excellent excellent I mean Again, that was one thing that they did right. That Ramon did right. If you want to perpetuate your cult-like grift, you got to make up more words. So, metronormative is another one. I mean, like it's all these, it's all this social justice jargon that it's exploded in the last five years. It creates a, a situation that is ripe for exploitation. And so, if people can come in and out of that world by their ability to traffic in the jargon that allows you in and out of it. Then you can position yourself as what they call an article, a gatekeeper, or whatever. But again, month's big error wasn't doing that. Because nonprofits do that every day.
1: It's just being sloppy with the accounting.
0: (laughs) It's just being sloppy. I mean, mean, they could have got
1: a lot more mileage out of this thing if they would have just not been sloppy with the accounting.
2: (laughs) No, it's true, because it's like people only give a a a fuck about money. Like, they've, they've been such an abusive, fucking maniacal force, And that's really is the most is like the most troubling, upsetting part. This is like almost it's this shit is too personal for me to be able to make good jokes about. <laughs> it's just like the money is what is like that's the only thing that's the only reason this they finally were brought to task is because that's the only thing anybody gives a fuck about is fucking finances and shit.
1: <laughs> well, can I ask you this, Tanya? So in the piece, uh, this Leo person purports that Mammon as a millionaire okay is that confirmed is that true that was
2: news to me i wouldn't doubt it i mean i mean what you say about them being like trump is that is something because here's they have a a, a, they see it 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 does appear Mamon has a terrific as many abusers do you don't get away with abuse without being really charismatic and convincing people that they deserve the abuse and like being really like um being very very jekyll Hyde shit you know, like like prominent abusers also are very likable. They have to be to be able to keep abusing, you know? Yeah. This is just typical. But I was news to me that they were a millionaire, but I don't doubt it. But they do have an exceptional sense of timing. And a friend pointed out yesterday, I think, that it's like they, they got in. They're, it, they're such a classic grifter that they got in, like, at the right moment on all these, like, uh, the wind of all these resurgence of movements like the resurgence of the right girl movement in the mid aughts like they they sort in to make that to get to do that i mean they didn't do anything no. really they haven't really done anything right. but make memes and raise money um and then there was like the queerness the rural queerness that became that became cool again um you I, I'm, know I'm, in the
1: My thing is, I don't even care about that shit. I mean, we came in at the right time on the wave of, like, left podcasting. Like, I don't give a fuck about, like, (laughs) tapping into scenes or anything like that, particularly if you're a queer person that, that, you know, can participate or should participate in all that. I don't care about any of that.
2: Well, I'm getting to the mutual aid and the fucking harm reduction work. Like, they got in on the tip of that, like, cooped up all the money they could
1: exactly and
2: literally wrecked people's lives like left people just like literally high and dry
1: yeah yeah
2: and trickled out little you know harm reduction kits to a few people here and there who would sing their praises and gave out these like thousand dollar micro grants which were obviously nothing to them here and there to a few a handful of fucking people who would sing their praises even though they were told do not fuck with qa do not fuck with mamon i cannot stress enough how many people have been warned about this and just were like "Eh, probably gossip
1: here's my thing it's like <laughs> when when this story broke i was listening to this podcast and they had david crosby on there and crosby steals nash and young fame
0: hell yeah i fuck with david crosby <laughs>
1: Said that like basically because of COVID, he's almost in the poorhouse. Like he's had like these tours booked, and he like needs those to like keep his nut up and all that stuff. And I, my thought, my first thought was like, if Mamon's going to try to say that this wealth is because of Riot Girl Inc., an independent label out of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if David Cro- if David Crosby is 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 nearing the poorhouse, Mamone ain't making millions from an indie record label. I'm gonna tell you that right
2: now. An indie record label that never produced one record.
1: <laughs> oh really? So that was just like a
2: no. It was a complete sham. Every bit of it.
1: I uh, see. I've I've heard it like spoke about glowingly in like pitchfork and like reputable places. I didn't know that.
2: Right. I think you all are mixing up riot girl as a movement.
1: No, 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 no. Riot Girl Inc., the label. I've heard it described as the venerable Brooklyn based imprint started by uh, the artist (laughs) formerly known as Gina (laughs) Mamon.
2: Dear God Almighty, I don't know.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter that we're discussing this because people are going to do what they're going to do. This has been written, we've talked about it on the show uh and it's you know
2: i don't know yeah we've talked about queer Blanche before because terrence uh famously claimed to have been the first person out in front of it uh because of a banjo tweet or some (laughs) shit i don't remember what you said Uh,
0: yes well what it what it was was um my spidey senses my woke spidey senses were raised early on because uh uh, because they treat class like it's a cultural affectation yeah. as if it's like i yeah it's kind of like the metro normative thing it's like it's they treat it as if it's like something you can take on and and take off yeah. in the mornings and and therefore that gives you authenticity and legitimacy when i mean it's a very bizarre thing but but if you like their stuff or uh, any and you know that it's a grift but you keep giving them money that's my
1: th- that's my thing i don't for you just there, spend your money where the fuck you there, want. The, i like I'm not here to it, tear down exactly.
0: queer appalachia. I'm just calling oh, yeah, it yeah. like I see it. <laughs> what what's there's a name for you. You're a mark. And that's fine. There are marks in the world. <laughs> there are people who get conned and they like getting conned. I don't understand why. It's something they have in their brains, but I guess even when we were saying all that earlier on, it's people still wanted to buy the Dolly memes and the Possum memes, and I don't know. It's all, it's all wrapped up in this big thing where like Appalach itself is hot right now, and that's another coattail that they rode in on, as you're saying, Tanya, yeah. and like, and that we did too. I mean, let's yeah, be honest here. What it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: JD Vance but. doesn't exist. Hell, if queer Appalachia doesn't exist, all that stuff we probably don't
0: exist. But guess what? We well, here, baby. We're eating. No, no, no. I, I don't know. Any closing thoughts, Tanya, or do you? Are you just kill me? You've got just that literally look. Literally, end. You've me. got the look.
2: I just want to be at the end.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. You've got the look that you usually get when you do not want to be discussing something, and uh I'm
2: just. This has just been beat out of me every single day of this week since this popped off. Even actually, so this came out on Monday. On Sunday, Scissoring Sunday, a new group chat was created to talk about how QA was, was setting their sights on the next great fucking grift land back and oh, that's they were right. literally they, yeah, they were
1: they were crowdsourcing reparations
2: oh. they were literally going to start crowdsourcing <laughs> land that was their next great uh fucking adventure Wait. they had they had got all the money they could possibly suck out of this turnip and then they were like you know what we can do we can start the we can start using this land back shit and actually acquire a property so their next great fucking adventure was going to be property through a landback movement. And they may well do it if y'all don't fucking, just fucking leave them out to dry.
0: I was lit laughing my ass off that is because right
1: me and james were making fun of that like days before this popped off i totally it forgot was on that. sunday
2: yeah. yeah it was on sunday and then the that neck, that very next very fucking day the article finally dropped which we've and i've i've been i've i met emma probably two years ago talking about this so emma I, say what you want but emma has like <coughs> probably made herself a fucking maniac trying to write this stupid article and has really made herself unsafe. Like coming from Mamoan, you—it's literally you. Literally, they have sued poor people over and over again. Like they—they they literally have used the law, literally lawyers, to abuse people. Like they come for you, and so many people wouldn't even talk to Emma because they live in such fear of Mamone and QA.
0: Well, I thought if you see any post about metronormative anytime someone hits you up and is like hey yo you want to go in on some reparations with me
1: anytime somebody (laughs) tries to make you feel like an idiot about whatever the latest nomenclature and woke language is that's like that's that's another telltale like there there is there is a such thing i think as emotional labor i'm not disputing that notion but some people are just assholes
0: fucking a yo hit my line yo yo anybody wanted to go in some reparations for me hit my line
2: (laughs) we're gonna get 10 houses by 2024
0: me and some homies are going in on reparations does anybody is anybody interested (laughs) me and the boys are go funding some reparations this weekend (laughs)
2: <laughs> and the pro- we're we're getting some properties. They have to have hot tubs and organic springs. Let's say, let me ask you a question.
1: Just on the face of it, what is the difference between like I could see Mamon doing some sort of gentrification project, and then just calling it like a reparations, like land, like we're yeah, it is, like
2: it is totally. They're like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna gentrify a commune, a country. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna gentrify a trailer park, move some uh, people in who we have, who we are gonna convince you are native because of some blood, uh, quantum myth craziness that which they have clung to. That's your favorite grift, Terrence. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <a good> absolutely. <laughs> Which they have it's done a good themselves. One. It is a good they one. They have claimed for themselves.
0: I mean, just... the thing is, is that just to dial it out, though. I mean, like this is a problem among the left in general. insofar far as there even is a left, and it shows. And it just goes to show you that the answer for all of these things. Anytime someone approaches you about individual reparations. Or anytime someone approaches you about... I mean, this is even probably the problem with, like, things like, sort of, like, guilt politics. It's just, like, the only way that we can reach revolution... Re, liberation is through some collective political project. It can't be, like, you know, buying Dolly memes. I mean, whatever. If you want to, again, I can't do tell that, you... Do that, but it's not politics. Whatever the fuck you want. It's an it's aesthetic choice. Exactly. <laughs> and, and not this is a good the same one. thing that nonprofits do. I guarantee you there are non-profits gentrifying areas and calling it reparations. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if individual white people are giving their money for reparations, that's not reparations. It's something else, but unless Western white civilization actually reckons with that at the societal level, then it's not reparations. But people can grift all they want on, on that, and people will buy into it. Well meaning white people will, non uh, POC people will buy into it and be like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're, you know, you're exactly right. Whatever. And if it's not that, then it's just like fucking Extreme Makeover Home Edition Queer Appalachian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which was probably where they were headed. They were going to start their own HGTV.
1: Yeah, and then you see like three years later, those people lose their homes because they can't pay the property taxes or some shit.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Fucking A. Uh, we spent way too much time talking about that. I only wanted to do like 15. I just had to pull it out of you, Tanya. I'm sorry. I wanted you to talk you love about to it. you torture me. And I, I could tell you didn't want to. And uh, I have my yeah. ways. <laughs> um, well, we're at an hour. I really, really want let's, to cover let's, this thing let's in stick Let's take a pin in that
1: till Sunday.
0: Oh, please. Or, I mean... But it's so important... This is something that needs to be on the public feed. We can't put it behind a paywall. Okay, let's do it. We should have put this fucking dumb queer Appalachia shit behind the paywall.
2: cut it out. Cut (laughs) it out. There was an easy... (laughs) There was plenty of pause before we started this. You you said, what's Uh, next on the list? And then you could just cut right there, send this to the Sunday feed. (laughs) And put
1: a song (laughs) on the end, and then we'll banter for 15 minutes and call it good.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's up to you. I can't make you guys do anything you don't want to do. But I did want to well, cover let's cu- this. Well, let's cover it. We got a half, half hour. And-
1: I got till three. Let's cover it. Cut this out. Move Queer Appalachia to the sa- Saturday feed. And then we'll...
0: Sunday feed. Sunday feed, feed or whatever. whatever. We'll see. We'll see if we do or if we don't. Whatever. But even, regardless, let's cover this. Um, there's an article in The Atlantic I wanted to cover. Um, that Jeffrey Goldberg, who apparently blocked me way back in like 2010 for telling him to go back to his fucking prison <laughs> camp where he was guarding Palestinian guards interesting um, Jeffrey Goldberg was uh, pushing this one over the weekend um, or at the beginning of the week In the Atlantic it says I'm a nurse in New York teachers should do their jobs just like I did by Kristen McConnell nurse and writer oh yeah, Kristen Um, So I had an axe to grind against this one not just because my mom is a teacher But also because I have a lot of friends who are teachers also because this is genocidal (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, The other day my husband a public school teacher in New York City got a string of texts from a work friend After checking in on our family and picking up their ongoing conversation about books and TV shows she wrote So are we going on a teacher strike in the fall? What? No. My husband is adamantly against a strike because he understands on a deep personal level his duty to serve his country in the He's classroom. a bootlicker. He's a bootlicker. My husband's a big <laughs> pussy. <laughs>
2: pussy good bootlicker. Through the bad. spring.
0: Through the spring, I took care of COVID nineteen patients at the hospital while he toggled between teaching on Zoom and helping our daughters through the While their he own played lessons. with
1: his fucking little he dick knows- <laughs> at home. <laughs>
2: knows that i did my part for society and that now he should oh too oh god this really is the same take it, as like you mean you're giving these people off work 600 fucking dollars a week
0: yes is the it, same is. Take. it is
2: it is it comes from the same exact god. worldview not to mention that
0: it's being espoused by a worker someone who's exploited for their labor and who would be sort of theoretically in the same socio economic class as a teacher a nurse it's fucking it's just like the most anti-solidaristic thing you can imagine um we wouldn't be in this mess of uncertainty about the coming school year if the federal government had managed to control the virus any glimmer of leadership from the president would have gone a long way grievances and fear are understandable i support teacher-led campaigns to make sure that safety measures are in place and any city or state experiencing a spike in cases should keep schools shut along with indoor businesses what I don't support is preemptively threatening safety strikes, as the American Federation of Teachers did in late July. These threats run counter to the fact that, by and large, school districts are already fine-tuning social distancing measures and mandating mask wearing. Okay,
1: here's what I want to say. Here's what, what I want to say. In
0: this self-same
1: magazine, did you see, that, did you see the egg-yong piece that was going around?
2: No. About us I did losing not, the no. thing and
1: all this kind of stuff? Like, and there was another piece, not that one, but another one that was talking about like was, I think they called it uh, sanitation theater. How that basically the idea uh-huh. that yeah. you can just put hand sanitizer up and clean real good was just an excuse to keep businesses open yes. because this is aerosol spray.
2: Yeah, not, it's yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's uh, there, and it's it's so extra concerning that a nurse uh, that a fucking healthcare worker is spewing this nonsense, and to say. Oh, I support teachers leveraging their power to make sure that it's safe. It's not safe. There's no possible way to go to school in a pandemic safely. It's not. There's no possible way. There's no safe way to be in
1: a public building with other people right now.
0: Bottom line.
2: Zero. It ain't safe.
0: Did you guys guys read that Washington Post article I sent you? The headline is just, I'm sorry, but it's a fantasy.
2: No, you sent that an hour Um, ago. You can't expect me to work that quick. (laughs) <laughs> it
0: was um interviewing uh, this guy named jeff gregorich a superintendent from a school in arizona and you really have to read i highly recommend i'm not going to read it because i'm not going to do it justice because of the sort of prose like the sort of um, i thought you were going to say i'm not um, going to for just, you <laughs> i'm not going to educate you <laughs> oh, <bitch. laughs> um you have to read these two in tandem because it's so astounding. Like he he was a superintendent at a school in Arizona where one of his teachers has already died and another one has COVID and school hasn't even started. <laughs> My yet. God! And he's like, "Are you and fucking he, serious?" And, he, and, and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like freaking out. Like, there's no way. And, and he and he talks about it at the beginning like we have to go back or else we lose funding from the state. Like they're making Who cares us go back. And he's about like,
2: "This money."
0: well i mean but schools are already strapped in is the point i'm trying to make tanya is that like they need yeah. the money if they want to continue having school in 10 years yeah. like they have to have funding from, okay here's a question
2: kind. i know that they they uh, can they literally just say like we're not having school like we're not doing it online we're not doing none of it will teach can teachers still get paid and will they still like I mean, surely they're saving money on feeding and fucking transporting people. I don't know. Well, I mean,
1: that's why there's this bigger social problem, right? Because for a lot of kids, the only meals they eat are at school.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And and then what about, like, all the aides that'll be out of work, all the bus drivers, etc., etc.? I mean, there are conundrums here, but, like, how are we going to make those people whole while we get through this?
0: This superintendent was talking about how, I mean... Everybody needs to read this because this is a guy who is truly a public servant. Somebody who's dedicated to the well-being of people in his community. And he talks about how his school district has been feeding their students. They go from house to house feeding the students and they give out more meals than there are students. They've been students. doing that here. Because a lot of students... They've- yeah, because a lot of students get their meals at school. That's the only place they get yeah. fed. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Like this... Atlantic article is so ignorant Because listen to this Teachers are not being asked to work without precautions But some overlook this The politics of mask wearing have gotten so ridiculous That many seem to believe masks Are only protect other people Are largely symbolic They're not Nurses and doctors know that masks do a lot to keep us safe Blah 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 Yeah, Everybody knows that But teachers are actually being asked to work Without precautions (laughs) Like, There's plenty of fucking evidence to show that
1: also let me point out something that's just a little bit obvious here too i think
0: uh like
1: your literal job is to show up because of health problems if If you're you're a nurse nurse, you know what i'm saying like you know that going in you know that there's a chance you could be like incoming and i'm not knocking nurses i mean thank god for them but i'm saying that like that's far different from Let's try to figure out a way to navigate around congregating together because my job has some flexibility that we could do it without imposing those risks.
2: And I will. She has. It we is should or, say that. Go uh, ahead. Who, who printed this? The Atlantic. It's. I mean, I think it's probably fairly likely that this bitch is in the minority of fucking nurse opinions about this. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, got it. I have no idea, but I would assume probably yes. And they
2: printed this for clicks and shit.
1: Unless you're a travel nurse at Watsburg ARH, then, <laughs> then no, she, they probably agree with
0: you. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But she actually has an answer to that, Tom, to okay. what you just said. My husband, playing devil's advocate while we discuss this, said arguably health care is workers... Arguably, healthcare workers sort of signed up for this kind of risk, but teachers did not. I replied, "Absolutely not. Doctors and nurses sign up for the work that is sometimes high stress for us and sometimes life or death for our patients, not for us. Aside from those who choose to work in biocontainment or offer their services in war zones, we are not expected to do crucial medical work under p- potentially lethal circumstances." Interesting. I, I, somehow, I don't <laughs> buy that. <Okay. laughs> okay how are we supposed to stay healthy i mean here's what's interesting here's what's interesting
1: with that that has been like the exact opposite of what she just said has been like a point of pride for nurses forever
2: yeah exactly valor
1: you know what I mean? It deservedly so. I mean, goddamn, it is an extremely tough job, and you're going in there like as a hypochondriac. I fucking salute you because I could never do that job.
2: What's wild is just—it's just—it yeah. is so. Okay, imagine if you will. We are a hundred years in the future, and we're telling this story. Like it, and people are literally begging to live. People are begging you to defund the police. And it's obvious where that money needs to go into our fucking education system, which is floundering right now and literally, want, and literally putting all the lives at risk for money because they don't have any. It, it, our government is just so... I, it, it's just... It's incomprehensible how simple... This is, and how committed to death this system is, <laughs> how just truly committed to misery.
1: We are crazy as a society, largely because we're simultaneously a death cult that is also death defying.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> or I mean, like listen to this. I said when I when she was asked to. Um, when when the pandemic first started, <clears throat> I said no. I can't just chump out. Oh my god! Chump wasn't the right word at the moment. I was almost hysterical, and it was hard for me to even articulate how I felt. Called upon to do something frightening and hard that I viscerally did not want to do, the military language people used when discussing COVID nineteen in the spring seemed totally appropriate. And in a way, that mentality mentality got me through the peak. This was a war, and I was a soldier. It wasn't my choice to serve, but it was my duty. I had chill skills and knowledge that were needed. This is, isn't she just contradicting exactly what she just said? <laughs> like, didn't she literally just say it wasn't her duty to serve?
2: I don't know. I can't follow I this know. maniac.
0: Um, so I can understand that teachers are nervous about returning to school, but they should take a cue from their fellow essential workers and do their okay, job. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. People- Let me just say something to the nurse here. Do you, you can either like be like, live in your valor or not <laughs> which is it <laughs> this is just wholly inconsistent <laughs> so like I was never asked and it is not my responsibility <laughs> to fucking take care of potentially <laughs> fatally sick people but guess what I did it bravely and you all should too like what
2: the which the fuck is it <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is it Exactly. yeah and not to mention she, she well, acts like just, this is the first contagious disease that the medical industry has had to deal with like this isn't the birth of contagion it just, here
0: it just goes to show you that what she's really talking about here is she hates organized yeah, labor this That's is all what this it is, is about
1: this is just to get an anti-labor just, opinion is what it is
0: exactly and it, that is and exactly thank you right to the atlantic somebody's so brave
2: to print this
0: exactly somebody saw that teachers were threatening to go on strike in the fall and they understood that this could have national implications it wasn't just going to be a state-by-state thing like it was in the spring of 2018 it could actually go national and they were like no we've got to start getting voices out there of other workers other essential frontline workers who basically shame the teachers and tell them to suck it up pussy and tell them to get back in the classroom and not it's to go so on strike. Funny, it's it's like too. Do you ever think that like
1: the the failing Atlantic magazine, which is basically just an airport rag at this point, is like? Do you think news outlets actually like purposely come up with stories because they're like you know what I'm saying? If the teachers strike, they gotta send somebody out there to cover that, and they don't want to do that because they ain't got the funds themselves because they're, they're in the toilet. At the goddamn teacher strike, we got to send somebody out there to
0: fucking cover it.
1: <laughs> Let's get out here and try to squash this before we have to come off our, our, our own pockets.
0: I think that's very possible, Tom. Um, they suck so bad. But listen, listen to this. This is fascinating. Even people who think there's a fundamental difference between a nurse and a teacher in a pandemic must realize that there isn't one between a grocery store worker and a teacher in terms of obligation. People who work at grocery stores in no way signed up to expose themselves to disease, but we expected them to go to work, and they did. If they had not, society would have collapsed. What do teachers think will happen if working parents cannot send their children to school? life as we know it simply will not go on first of all
1: society didn't collapse based on what somebody that's that's working at kroger did or didn't do society collapsed because of incompetent decision making over a a number of years not only incompetence but just corruption like let's i hate i hate that kind of framing and it's part of this anti-labor thing that it puts the onus on the workers to like keep things afloat and
0: not the power brokers well This is the thing, though, this is the kind of interesting thing about this is that the workers and the administrators, for example, this superintendent who I was talking about in the Washington Post, are the ones who are keeping things basically afloat right right now. And what scares them so much about a national teacher's strike is the fact that through striking, through a large-scale strike like that, workers find power. And they find power through solidarity. And the idea that workers could assert themselves like that to the extent that they might even be able to take over the public school system and start fighting back against people like Betsy DeVos and this like charter school privatization and everything mm-hmm. else, that scares the absolute shit yeah. out of people. And so they have to open up every front that they can, whether it's a nurse, whether it's coming from a nurse or a grocery store worker, or whatever. They have to drive so many divisions within the working class that that strike can never be realized. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah,
1: no, that's, yeah that's deliberate. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when some of my husband's students told him that they had continued working as a cashier throughout the summer and spring, he said, wow, that's so courageous of you. He feels that he doesn't really have anything to show for himself, and he looks forward to the time when he will. <laughs> my husband is basically a big coward. <laughs> I married a man...
1: Of uh, low, low, uh, <laughs> low
2: resolve—a boot licking bitch, well, if is, you will. No, yeah, these
0: people's lives are miserable because he's a scab and she's a scab. <laughs> They're both yeah, scabs. You're miserable
1: because Because you have severed a camaraderie that exists amongst people that actually keep this world going. <laughs> you're isolated. Exactly, you're playing Tom. a role that you don't even—you don't even know—you signed up to play.
0: That is exactly right. They have alienated themselves from any kind of solidarity or community, uh, 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 from anything that could actually make society better. They're the scab yeah. couple. It could be a, it could be a sitcom.
2: We're the scab couple. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> he crosses picket lines, That's and I legs, buddy. don't treat <laughs> scab <couple. laughs> the scab couple.
2: The scab couple, but. There are a lot of those out there too. He sits,
0: yeah, he sits on his computer all day, wondering when he'll get back out. All right now, contemplating the possibility of teacher striking, he says bowing out wouldn't be a good example to set for our oh, students. God. um, I don't know if you were to ask poll any of the students in West Virginia when the teachers went on strike i highly doubt they give a fuck about the decisions like i highly doubt you'll find a student that's be like well our teachers went on strike they're not man we
1: love that shit mostly because we got out of school (laughs)
0: like it like like part of me growing up
1: to be pro labor was like getting like unexpected days off because of teacher strikes i'm like hell yeah that shit's hot
0: (laughs) Exactly. And strikes demonstrate what community and solidarity is because people look out for each other and they take care of each other. I mean, it's like, it's just so this, fucking this ridiculous. This person
1: is the antithesis of the, um, like it, during the West Virginia teacher strikes, you saw the bus drivers too wouldn't, wouldn't like drive the buses. You saw during the protests that like when they were loading up the people into that bus to like take them away, that the guy that was driving the bus said he's not doing it. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. These people are the inverse of that.
0: Just disgusting. That's exactly right. No, it's exactly right. Teachers signed up to be a positive adult presence in children's lives and to help them grow up with their peers at school away from home. We need them to follow through, even though it's a challenge. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's not going to be perfect. I can't think of one time that there was actually hand soap in the men's bathroom. My husband told me. That'll have to change, hopefully for good. I mean, it's just like... They point out all these current problems with the system, all these flaws, and uh, but they can't they can't real they can't understand that like the actual solutions to those things would be worker control of these systems. I don't know. There's a scab couple. (laughs) Scab Scab couple. couple. (laughs) Scab couple.
2: tune in next week oh my
0: god well all right that's that about sums it up we we got it all we got it all in there we didn't get to cover one item you know what i feel like i okey-dogged myself here we shouldn't have even talked about clear appalachia in the grand scheme of things it's not as important as the article i read in the wall street journal that says pickup trucks are getting huge (laughs) um and how pickup trucks gained pickup trucks gained uh 1200 pounds between 1990 and 2019
1: hey man we all pick (laughs) up a few
0: pounds as the years roll on it's all right that's a much more important story i guess um well thanks for bearing with us folks uh since we're still under an hour and a half i'm gonna leave all that at queer appalachia nonsense hopefully you got something out of it um hopefully you weren't entirely offended or bored uh, but if you would, if you were, um, you can go to the Patreon <laughs> <laughs> and give us your money. Let's do a little, let's
1: do a little um, of our
0: own here. That's right. Um, if you don't give us money, um, my prostate will get worse. Yes. I don't know, folks. <laughs> Think about it. Think about the and implications. And if you do give
2: money, his prostate will indeed get worse.
0: <laughs>
1: but exactly. he'll be better equipped to deal with it
0: emotionally. That's ex- exactly right. um So, anyways, thanks for listening this week, everybody. Please go to Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash Tribilly Workers Party. You'll get an episode every Sunday. Tanya Turner showed up on the last episode on Patreon. Um, she was a little reticent today. Uh. I, I understand I'm, why. I'm only though. good on
2: Sundays, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is Scissor sun. She's only good on Scissor yeah. Sundays. Folks. Thirsty
2: Thursdays. I'm a little dehydrated.
0: <laughs> Keep scissoring right. in the That's free right. world. That's right. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. We will see you next time over on the Patreon. If we don't see you there, we'll see you next week. Be Stab careful. Couple. Yeah, and stay safe. And tune in for the Skeptical But do